0: Tears and Tears would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which we conduct this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waterways and sky of this beautiful place, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people present today, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. On the streets, yes. Hello everyone, welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today I'm joined with Delilah Holiday. Hi, how are you?
1: Hi. <laughs>
0: Morning. Where are you right now? Where are you based at the moment?
1: I'm based in London, Deptford in particular, South East London. I just moved here from North London. So it's a big it's a big leap if you if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, how's the shift been for you? um it's actually been all right like I really like where I'm at right now and it's pretty similar to North to be honest I don't get this North London South London divide really at the end of the day it's all London (laughs) Mm. but but yeah I'm liking it so far what's the difference between North
0: London and South London because like in Melbourne we have like a North and South divide yeah
1: There is actually no difference. I just think it's more of like a territory thing. Right. At the end of the day. Oh, that's
0: so interesting. Yeah. Um,
1: So you've released an EP.
0: Congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's called Invaluable Volume 1. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess, like, how would you describe this EP and where you're at with
1: your music? I would say this EP sorry pardon me this EP is um, it's just a little taste really of something bigger that's uh, around the corner sure. so it's not a final piece of work at all it's like you know like you get a little tester from the perfume stall. <laughs> like it Tiny little thing. Yeah. I say it's like that. It's um it's like a little, little snippet into the world. Uh, I've created with my friend and collaborator, Rafael Nino. Um, you know, we created b- basically this imaginary house, house party, and all the rooms are a song. And yeah, and it's just a little taste of like. My origin of who I am as an artist and my journey with Ollie Records is just beginning. So I wanted to sort of do a taste start before diving into a full debut album. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's basically what it is. Awesome. What got you
0: into like making music in the first place? When did you start
1: creating music? Well, I started creating like when I was really young with my sister in our punk band, Skinny Girl Diet. Um but I think what got me into creating music in general was just being like taken to like rock rock shows as a child by my parents when I was too young to be there. Um and just seeing like bands on stage and performing and stuff is just it just like sparked something in me and I just was like, I really want to get into this. This Mm. seems right. But, yeah.
0: And uh, this EP dives into a few themes of, like, structural inequality and poverty and consumer capitalism. Um, Mm. I guess they're pretty hectic topics but also super, super relevant, especially if you're just, like, in your 20s trying to live life. Yeah, so what inspired these themes and kind of tackling these, like, nuanced topics in your music?
1: Well, I feel like with with all of these themes, everyone's talking about them in their, like, friends and family bubbles and, and things like that. But no, I don't know, like, there obviously are people in contemporary music tackling them, um, but I just feel like the discussion needs to be like added to especially from my origin like I come from a council estate with two artists as parents obviously like I'm not you know I'm not really badly off and I'm, I'm pr- more privileged like I'm not gonna ever play like my mini violin and <laughs> be like, you know I'm from woe is me I'm from nothing but um you know seeing them hustle Um, has taught me a lot and has made me who I am and I feel like somebody from a low-income background should be talking about it so I just don't I'm just kind of tired of seeing I'm not going to name names but like certain indie bands um, will will pretend they're from working class backgrounds for the aesthetic and then you find out they're like from mansions and they went to you know eaten with the prime ministers <laughs> or you know like it's just disappointing and you know i'm just i'm just searching for something a bit more real mm. really but i also feel like people aren't ready to hear it either like especially being like a woman of color people want you to just like twerk shake your ass get your tits out and be like the baddest bitch and not talk about real things and i just don't really fancy doing that cuz it's not me either maybe in the future I don't know maybe I want to do that but right now I just it's just getting a bit frustrating I think with music in general I feel like music's such a great tool to unite us and it's being sometimes manipulated in other ways but yeah <laughs> I don't want to run on for it. too long <laughs> No, no, I
0: loved that. That's really, really (laughs) interesting. Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, that's so interesting because, you know, all power to, you know, us empowering women to work on stage and do all that. Of course. I love all of that. Also, like, it's so it's so true. Like sometimes, like we don't want to do that, and that's just like yeah. you know. There's there's also the other side of that of like you know. I could talk about deep shit too, and like there's like a whole other realm of that, which is like really interesting to to point out. Exactly. So you have a track called "Burn Money" on this EP, um, yeah. which dives into the cost of living crisis a little bit. Um, did you want to? There's like a bit of a metaphor in this in this um track um and like a double-sided concept do you want to like dive into
1: that a little bit for me yeah of course so burn money is at the same time it's like an anti-capitalist anthem in my own words I would say um it's also got like a funny double-edged meaning of like we've got so much money we can burn it so it's sort of like inspired by you know the whole um in rap culture of just like money and and sewing what you've got it's like the whole uh contradiction of everything of of um yeah just it's just got two meanings really um you know like bankers burning money on their cigars and and also I wrote it from when we had the heat crisis in Britain last year of just how much all of our heating skyrocketed and it gets so cold in winter and just thinking about all the you know single mums having to you know choose heating or you know groceries it's just like it just made me really angry and sick to my stomach so I just there's nothing I could do obviously other than donate food to food banks or I just thought I'd write a song about it I just think the title's really funny as well like mm-hmm. no it's so good <laughs> just that that. Imagery. yeah I've just, yeah I've got so many ideas like sort of, of like music videos I want to make like in, in a suit with like a cigar burning like fake money would be amazing but um yeah I personally like it's one of my favorite songs of the EP it's definitely inspired by like Prince but then also, Beth Ditto from um, Gossip. I'm a really big fan of her as a vocalist. But, yeah, I, I love that song. I think it's really funky and punky. And, yeah, hopefully more people will like it too.
0: Yeah, sick. And what ha- what else have you been listening to at the moment?
1: Um, I've been listening to so much different stuff. I've been listening to um, Angelique uh she's a musician she is still going but she has a lot of uh cool songs in the 90s she's a really big inspiration of mine the world of lady a is a great record i think it got synced on the mean girls film Oh, cool! one of her songs, M- misty canyon it's really cool um i've been listening to a lot of the arctic monkeys i love them um i love yeah all of like the old trip hop music from the 90s, like Tricky, Massive Attack, mm. um, Head. I love all of that. Sneaker Pimps. Cool. Yeah. Unreal. Are you a fan of the new Arctic Monkeys record? Yeah, definitely. I just, I just love the way like they kind of don't care and they just, if they like a certain genre or a certain vibe, they'll just follow it through and and execute it. And, like, you can, you can hear all the references and it's, like, really well-researched music. Totally.
0: Yeah, sick. You mentioned a little bit um, about working with your friend Raphael on this EP. Um, yeah. Do you want to dive a little bit more into, like, the creative process and the co-producing and recording process of this EP and working together
1: yeah of course so uh I met Raphael through my sister um they're my sister's partner uh and then they always used to play me tracks at parties that they were working on and I just yeah I really liked the vibe I've always really been interested in industrial dance music and techno. it's just something I I guess I don't have a penchant to make myself. I sort of go more dream like an R and I just really thought it'd be interesting to hear how like two worlds of ours would sound um if they collided. So then we went into Raft Studio in Waterloo which was, uh, it's really industrial around there. Like you can hear all the trains and, you know, all the commuters are there. And it's just, even though it's quite a bleak sort of, it's not a bleak environment, but it's like, I thought it was quite inspiring to write music about living in London and what that means. Um, we also uh, like just wrote this um these these EPs from a really um I guess metaphoric outlook of like again like the haunted like house party and then we cut up lyrics and like put them in a bowl and use the William S Burroughs cut up method that David Bowie also used and I guess that's why maybe some of the songs might not sound as cohesive as others more like random bits of your your thoughts but Mm -hmm. I do think that that works because you're not necessarily thinking straight at at a house party Totally,
0: yeah. That's so interesting that you mentioned the haunted note because I like played the EP and I heard the first track and I was like, "This is kind of creepy." Like, just like, yeah, slightly. And I was it like, "Yeah." So it's creepy. interesting to see that that ties in nicely.
1: Yeah, it's ghostly for sure. Yeah, Victoriana, That's that's what I'm inspired by on the first track. Like, still Ooh. charmed, like a steel dress. It's, like, kind of a metaphor for your mental health of just being holding back. Um, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you kind of mentioned um, Raph's techno influences. Yeah. Um, and you kind of see that on Silent Streets a little bit. It's more of, like, yeah. that club anthem. I and love how, it. How was, yeah, how's that experience for you being able to kind of put that that spin on your music?
1: It's been it's been honestly I've I'm a very I'm I'm a perfectionist I'll be real I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to my music so it's been fun but then it's also been like learning to let go of like creative control not like creative control but like learning to just let the collaboration happen and it's gonna it's gonna be what it is. Um so I wouldn't say like I wouldn't sit here and be like, oh yeah, it was easy for me to just let let it go. because I've I've produced everything I've ever put out, obviously apart from the Baxter project and stuff and Skinny your diet, but everything else I've produced myself. So this is the first sort of collaborative co-production um projects I've put out. So it has been a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, but yeah other than that it's been really interesting to also have a new outlook and a new pair of ears and yeah I just I love I love the way silent street sound is something I've always wanted to add to my music and sort of put it a bit more up tempo and make some bangers because I do listen to electronic music a lot when I go out so it's nice to feed that into my own art
0: mm. And what does that like that collaborative production process look like when you guys come together? Is it like you guys are in the studio doing it together? Does one person bring a certain
1: idea? How does that sort of play out? Mm. I mean, we'll we'll both be in the studio together, but also like he'll uh, they will show me beats, and like you know other producers will send me beats, and then like I'll just jump on it as a vocalist. Um, but yeah it's um i am i'm still learning how to speak up and be like as as a a female presenting woman like to speak up in in like workspaces especially with um men to just be like actually i think this snare sound will sound better or if you just eq that you know cuz it is easy to be just seen as a vocalist and just like have no opinions and just like be a backseat, you know, be in the backseat when, you know, you have to speak up and like sit in the front seat. And be like, no, this is both of us, so let's do this together. Totally. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. What would you say like in terms of there was obviously like a point in time where you didn't have the production knowledge? Um, mm. You have now, and like you were probably like going into rooms or like working with people potentially where like you actually didn't have the knowledge to communicate things that maybe you wanted to communicate, or like as much confidence to speak up about certain things. Like, how would, how has that like evolved for you? And like, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is sort of like beginning in that production realm and like wanting to, yeah speak up and Mm. broaden their their knowledge a little bit more, I guess. Uh
1: well, I'm not gonna lie, like it's so super daunting, especially Mm. when you don't you have doubt in yourself and you don't feel like you know a lot. But what you do have is I would advise is your your like your creative intuition. And that's never going to be wrong. Like I'm from a school of thought like you don't actually have to know theory if you feel the music then i think that's talent like not there's a lot of um musicians that you know make sure they learn all the theory but they don't have that musical intuition like they can't improvise in a jam session or something like that they have to have music in front of them and that's great as well like that's a really impressive it's impressive skill but i think like you know from i'm very from the punk school of thought like you only need three chords to make a song and the rest you can just feel it out. So, like, going back to being in a studio and not necessarily having all the theory down, you know, still trust your gut and be like, you know, I I feel like, you know, we could add an organ here or we could add, you know, a a high, a top line, you know, that's what, you know, as long as you actually have a genuine love for music, I feel like that's enough to get you through. And obviously you know, also a hunger to back up the love, you know, as long as you're sort of, te- you can even teach yourself in this day and age with YouTube. I mean, that's what I did and I'm doing still. So there's enough. There's no shame in learning as long as you, like, have a genuine interest and a hunger for it. You know, that's what I think anyway.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. This EP, Invaluable Volume 1, is the first of two EPs, yeah, can you kind of give a little bit of insight into what we can expect from the other one? Do they coincide
1: like together, or are they like fully separate things? Uh, well, the both the next EP is um, it's a continuation of EP one. Mm. So as I said, like this, this is just a taster. It goes way more like big banger. Um, more well, you can expect more silent streak vibes. Sick. <laughs> I'd say this is like eat. But volume one is getting ready to go out, volume two is you're at the party, and then you keep on going to the mm-hmm. afters and through to the morning.
0: Nice. So,
1: if you liked volume one, then you'll definitely like volume two even more.
0: Unreal. <laughs> um. And, uh, yeah, you've, you have you kind of touched on your, like, visual aspects of a lot of these songs. Um, mm-hmm. I guess your visuals and your art often convey, like, fantasy worlds um, and realism, like, simultaneously. How do you balance these two elements in your creative expression through your art and through fashion as well? There's a whole, like, fashion realm that you dive into a lot I as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I think authenticity and integrity is like the things that fuel me the most and just checking in and grounding myself. Like for example, back to the the twerking thing, like later on in my career, but if I get to a certain point age mindset where I'm like that really represents who I am right now, I'll do that with authenticity and integrity. But, you know, I think if you don't do anything you don't check in with yourself you're just doing it for likes and followers and attention or trying to get famous it's just never going to end well Mm. and that and that's sort of um yeah I think that's basically in simplest terms of uh, how I am and how I look at like the art I put out yeah for
0: sure cool you finally you've had like quite a journey from skinny girl diet to now doing solo project and working with a lot of people along the way how Mm. would you say that like your creative process has and your sound has evolved um and I guess like what you've learned along the way through collaborating with others in music and fashion
1: I mean it's weird like it's gonna sound really I guess this it's just what I've learned and what I feel like the universe keeps teaching me is that I need to trust myself more, like personally as an artist, every time I sort of think somebody else knows more than me, and I'm just going to let them, you know, take the driving, the driving wheel or the steering wheel, it kind of backfires. (laughs) And I get I get slapped on the wrist and told you knew you knew that you should have done said that you, you knew you should have spoken up like intuitively you didn't you just let it all happen. And yeah, it kind of bites me in the ass sometimes. But that's just a personal thing. Um, but yeah, I guess it would just have more confidence in your own skills and you yeah, have more confidence in your own bad taste. Or so what's that? That's there's a really good saying about that. I can't remember it now have more faith in your own bad
0: tastes
1: Mm. I stole that from uh, my mate polyestazine I love that saying it's like you know just because everything's subjective in in the creative industry and you know you've got your own talents for a reason and you know as long as you're not like uh, a diva, I about it, I sorry, I couldn't think of a better word, but I yeah. like do you know what I mean as long as you're <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah, you mean about it, and you're like, oh, you know, I know more than you, you know, it's fine, but yeah, <laughs>
0: awesome, and if somebody came across the Delilah holiday project um and never had never heard of it, never heard anything about it before. How would you describe it to them? And also, what are the th- top three of your songs that you would want to recommend them to listen to?
1: Okay, that, that's a massive. That's a massive question. I would describe my music as a magical, whimsical, sentimental, dreamy journey through time and space. <laughs> I would recommend you listen to Babylon. That's like the first track I had confidence in and I put put out and made that in a hotel room in Egypt Mm -hmm. when I was on a family holiday on Logic Pro on my little MPC and my laptop. And it's still like people still like it to this day. And that's like mind-blown for me um i'm very grateful about that um and then the next song i'd pick is everything i ever wanted so i'm super proud of that one as well um i just i love that <laughs> the dip at the end with all the strings like the drop um i don't know it just it does it gives me goosebumps every time and and then for the final one i'd say i'd switch it up and say silent streets oh I like that so and it reminds me of like an old school like 80s aerobics video yeah pump <laughs> it up yes nice
0: yeah <laughs> amazing well thanks so much for having a chat oh, with thank, me you. Uh, thank you
1: today I thank you I really wanna I really wanna go down under one day you should I've got a, a couple of mates from um uh, who have family in in Australia and that's, it just looks amazing.
0: Oh yeah, you should definitely come hit me yeah, up. I'd love and to come and
1: I'll give you a tour around. I would love that. You guys have some really cool tattooists as well. Have to get some ink. Really? i <laughs> them on the beach. No okay. <laughs> I've yeah.
0: not even thought of that. I would have thought London was where it's like Europe.
1: No, exactly. so. i honestly. I literally like fangirl over all the tattooists in, True. in
0: yeah Yeah. I should definitely look into that a bit more then (laughs) yeah well thank you so much it's been lovely thank you